Welcome back to the Weekly Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How are your hearts? And of course, from now until the day... No need to whisper. From now until the day that you die, how are your heads? Guys, what's the story? Listen, thank you so much to everybody for tuning into last week's episode on The Bad Coworkers. Genuinely, some of the most outrageous stories I've ever listened to in my life. Thank you so much to everybody who's rated the podcast, who's left a nice review. Thank you so much to everybody who messaged me about the podcast, etc. Just thank you all so much. It's great to have you on board. Now listen, bad breakups. If you or someone that you know is going through a breakup at the moment, send them this podcast, right? Maybe they'll revel in the fact that they are no longer completely alone in their loneliness. And maybe it could even serve as a gentle reminder that there is always somebody out there who has it much worse than you. As the old adage goes, if everybody sat around a circle and put their problems in the middle, we'd all want to take our own back. Unless, of course, you've just been broken up with by a rapper from Ballymun who refers to himself as a lone wolf, even though his knowledge of the canine kingdom extends about as far as the time he caught worms from an XL bully and had to drag his arse across the kitchen floor just to get the vapes that his mum had hidden beneath the fridge. Nevertheless, breakups are tough, okay? And for the most part, they are completely unavoidable. If you want the rose, you've got to pass the thorns. Isn't that the... Experiencing a bad breakup is just one of the many injustices that we all face in life. In the grand scheme of things, a breakup is only a minor injustice. Like the insufferable loop of gratitude people in their 30s find themselves in after going to someone's wedding or a dinner party. Is nobody else tired of this? The sort of millennial conundrum of thanking someone for an event with a thank you card, only for them to text you to say thanks for the thank you card, which results in you saying thanks for the text, and then everybody just thanks themselves off into oblivion until the gratitude tank of thank yous finally runs dry and you never want to see these people again. That's the game. Oh, thanks for the dinner on Sunday, Baz. Myself and Lisa are only bloody surfacing now, so forgive the belated text. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It, w- it was a lovely evening. Uh, still dreaming of Aoife's feckin' risotto, lol. Anyway, great food and even better company, as I always say. Hope the heads are too sore today. And listen, we'll definitely get that swim going soon when the water warms up, lol. All the best, Richard. Stop the car of life. I want to get out. The early days of a breakup are very hard, searing, scorching, untreatable agony. It's desperate, okay? But the good news is you will get better. Unless, of course, you're relying on the seductive but problematic approach of all my exes are psychos. You will eventually get over it and you will move on and one day you will forget that this person ever existed. But, my friends, some people are a little bit harder to forget. Today we are celebrating the best of the best from the messing around to the messages that left us unimpressed by unimpressive exes, okay? We're here to talk about bad breakups. And, as always is the case in the weekly roast, we're going to hand it over to you. I want to hear about your experiences. So if you are going through hell at the moment, don't keep going, stop. Be morose, feel sorry for yourself, but also listen to this and realise it could have gone a lot worse. Right. Who do you have first? H. We have H. Yeah, so my first, like, really bad breakup was that my boyfriend at the time um, decided to break up with me because he was too much of a sexual person uh, to just be with one woman. These are his exact words. Um, And he felt that he was hiding his true self. um, And he was 17 and had lost his virginity to me. So, yeah, real sexual. 
And then the icing on the cake was a few years later, a guy that I had been going out for over a year and a half with um, broke up between by text on my birthday. Um, I responded just with, do you know what day it is? And he replied, Tuesday. Um, so I'd completely forgotten it was my birthday um, and broke up with me so that he could uh, shag some girl while he was in Canada. It was real cute. Sorry, hold on a second here. You can't say the icing on the cake and mention something that happened like six years later. Stop fucking holding on to stuff. This is, oh, only me. Only me. I was leaving the car park in Tesco the other day and you you wouldn't believe it. This, this woman came out in her Nissan Micra and she put a finger on my bum. Uh, and then it would, you couldn't only imagine 17 years afterwards, Tony had a stroke and he was doing the gardening. Like that is just, not, they're two unrelated events. There's a difference, right? Okay, firstly, asking someone, what day is it? For that not to jog his memory enough for him to recognise that it's your birthday and for him to exert such an absent-mindedness that you only really see with sort of 1990s American television dads like Al Bundy. Or not Al Bundy. What was that? Well, it is Al Bundy is one of them. But um, who was the guy in Home Improvement? Tim Allen. Like, you know, the dad comes home from work with his tools wrapped around his waist. Easy. And like, you know, there's the wife's got hearts everywhere and the house is dressed in pink and he just looks around and goes, Honey, where's the meatloaf for dinner? I mean, Jesus Christ. How would he not know that it's your birthday when you say what day is it? And then just about the first guy, okay? He sort of reminds me of two friends. One of my very good friends, right? He had a lucky condom, right? When we were in secondary school that he carried around in his wallet. He had it for six years. That is not that lucky, like. That is, if anything, it's a fucking bad omen. Right, well, listen, H. The icing on the cake, I'm really sorry for both of your experiences. Um, Next up. We're getting a lovely message from my dear listener, Anne. Okay, I don't know whether this story is suitable for the public domain, but it's 100% true and quite a bad breakup and one of my worst ones, and I've had many. I'm 55. Imagine you have a follower that's this ancient. Anyway, in the 80s, I was in London and I lived there for eight years. Anyway, I went over to London, 19 years of age, met this guy. After about a year and a half, I kind of went off him. I was trying to break it off from him, but he's a bit needy, a bit clingy, a bit kind of, you know, and I was like, oh, Christ, got hard to kind of um, split up with him. And then on his way over to visit me one night, he had an accident. Okay. Long story short, he ended up having to have his leg amputated. What? Yes, amputated. Can you imagine? No. Right, so I couldn't clearly split up with him then or break it off for him. Um, you know, you're not going to break it off for a fellow who's just lost his leg. So I had to wait for a year after that and then I finally split up with him. And I was at that stage, I was emotionally and physically drained. But anyway, so I split up with him. And then after that, he used to chase me around the town on his crutches, shouting, you took my leg, you took my future. <laughs> it was extremely traumatising. And um, I was like, oh my God. So um, now even the sound of crutches gets me a little bit tense, which is really unfortunate because I ended up um, going into a career in nursing. So I have two daughters now. And the one bit of advice I give to them is the minute you start going off someone get rid don't wait around you never know what's going to happen <laughs> okay like that is world class and I respect your honesty so much and thank you for contributing to the show but hold on a fucking second now excuse me for Chris and I'm sorry for cursing hold on a second you, <laughs> you took my leg and you took my life why have you reduced this man to an incoherent, island-bound pirate who's been left alone, cast away for a decade in the middle of the ocean? I mean, <laughs> okay, let's just start at the start. You moved to London in the 80s. Let's be honest, Kilburn. Okay, you moved to Kilburn in the 1980s like many Irish people did. You fell in love. That's a great start. Tragic that the guy had the accent that he had. Uh, 
for you to then complain of being emotionally and physically drained is sort of, I mean, the guy had to get his leg amputated. Last but not least, his descent from, uh, you know, rock and roll into sort of local loon um, wandering around, you know, in hurling abuse at you was very quick. I feel like there's a missing part of this story. But Anne, thank you for contributing. And I also wish you very well. I wish both of your daughters very well. And you're dead right. If something, your gut is almost always right. Now, I think there's a Stephanie-shaped hole in this podcast thus far. Would you agree, Karen? Right. Let's get over to Stephanie. So my best friend at the time um, sent my husband a text telling him how good he was at giving head. And that was the end of both of them. R.I.P. the fuckers. Oh my God. So wait, her best friend sends her husband a message telling him how good he was at head. Was that it? Dead. The devastation, the confusion and the anger would completely consume you. I cannot fucking believe that. How do people do it? I know I've said this before on, I think on Instagram stories when we were doing roasts, but is adulthood just everybody having affairs? Is that just what life is? Is that people just constantly, non-stop having an affair Everywhere. Every, just everyone's having affairs. That is insane. I'm so sorry, Stephanie. Okay, so just a reminder to everybody, by the way, like, if you want your voice note in the show to be completely anonymous, let us know. Kieran will do the tech wizardry and your anonymity will be preserved. However, I will just say one thing. If you do want to be anonymous, please be careful with how you phrase your story because some people, people will message me on Instagram at Mega Mark and they'll be like, oh, hey, Mark, I'd really like to be, like, you know, to be kept anonymous. But then they'll begin their story with, so anyway, uh, I'm the manager of the cat costume shop in Tremor. There's not that many cat costume shops in Tremor, Aoife. Hey, Mark, listen, please don't uh, reveal my details. But basically, I live in Westport and I've got two eye patches and four wooden legs. You know what I mean? You have to be a little bit vague if you want to be anonymous. Now, we're about to dial it up a notch. That'll make sense in a second. We're about to dial it up a notch, and we're going to go over to caller number D. Right. <laughs> I'm working in a hotel, and I was seeing someone. Yeah, for I suppose, maybe the bunch of three or four months. Like, it was a while, but he worked in one department, I worked in another department. And it was all going, I thought, really, really well until, like, he was off for a weekend and ghosted me. I didn't hear from him for like five days and I was eating my lunch. I was downstairs in the canteen. I was on my own and he walked in and I was like, oh, hi. And he goes, I need to talk to you. I had chicken curry in my mouth. I no. like, oh, the indignity. Um, And he was like, yeah, there's someone else. And. I had to work with him for the rest of the evening. Trying not to cry, trying not to. Kill him. Okay, like, I thought you were crying there. And I was like, oh no, I am not prepared. I am not emotionally equipped to deal with the sobbing on the comedy podcast. Uh, the flagrant sobbing. Getting broken up with when you have a chicken curry in your mouth. That is really bad karma. I mean, karma. Brilliant. Brilliant, Mark. You should tell your nan that gag. Guys, I hope you're enjoying the roast of bad breakups as much as I am. 
It's almost like therapy. What a good, that'd be a good name for a podcast, actually. My therapy roasted me. Brilliant, Mark. Nevertheless, moving on now. This voice note is called, I'm going to title this one, Detective Itchy versus Scratchy. I really, really did not see this going where it went, okay? So all I'll say is bear with it because I started it, sort of like Game of Thrones, I started it and was like, meh, like not really going anywhere. This is not going to be entertaining. And by God, does it take a turn. So let's go. So basically I was seeing this fan a couple of years ago and he started complaining about constantly scratching. And he said he was going to the doctor, and when he did, he rang me after coming out, giving out that he had scabies. And it must be my fault, because I was working in a police school. school I was working in was closed for the summer, and this is July or August. So it didn't really make much sense to me how I would have got it first. And I didn't really have any symptoms until after he got his. So I was kind of like really confused. Okay. And... I treated myself and that was the end of that for me. But I was away with the girls for the weekend and next thing he got him again. So I was like, this didn't really make sense. So there was something here to me that was not adding up. I kind of stayed quiet about it and I did my bit of investigation as girls do. And I realised that there was a couple of people in the town who were all connected to this one girl who had scabies. So I said it to him, and when I said it to him, he went absolutely paid. So I was like, oh, there's something going on here. Here we go. So it turns out he was cheating on me with her. She had him. She had given him to a load of other people. Yuck. And he was trying to accuse me of giving it to him. Just turns out he was a cheating bastard. I mean, okay, firstly, I'm not going to tell you guys what part of the country that was from, but let's just call it Skaberine in Westcourt. No, it wasn't. That... <laughs> Firstly, a scabies outbreak resulting in some sort of web of philandering is phenomenal television. I'm looking forward to the Netflix documentary. Can we just clarify though, scabies isn't an STI. It's just, it's something that it's, they're like mites that appear generally in like, they're like bedbugs. They're effectively the European version of bedbugs that you get over in the US, I think. No, that's scurvy. <laughs> Close enough. Pirates got scurvy and sailors because that's a vitamin C deficiency. Yeah, that's very good detective work. I'm really sorry that you had that experience and you are right. He was simply a cheating bastard. But I love, I love the uh, amateur sleuth. Uh, easy. Google searches. Um, the amateur sleuth in activities there. Well done. Now, this next one is, this is phenomenal. Um, we're going to call this Seize the Day. This is my story of the worst breakup of all time. I think I can lay claim to this, take the trophy home. Um, so a couple of years ago, I had a seizure while I was living at home with my ex. Um, I've absolutely no medical history of having seizures before. It's a really spontaneous thing. Um, but fortunately, I was with my ex at the time and he put me into an ambulance. Um, I was diagnosed as having had a brain hemorrhage and a brain tumour. Uh, when I came home from hospital three weeks later, my family had to gather around me to tell me that the night he put me in the ambulance, he went to meet the girl he was cheating on me with. No. He continued to visit me in hospital, but I wasn't well enough to find out he was cheating. Great times. Oh, like giving stealing wine gums from beside your bed and the copy of OK Magazine that features yet another fucking royal wedding to the new mistress. That is... Hey, uh, I'm really loving the sweaty, hot uh, secret affair, by the way, but why do you keep giving me Murray Mince? 
<laughs> and uneaten bananas. Like, it's obviously genetic where some people have the ability to shut down that part of their brain, the sort of empathy part of the brain, where it's just like, bang, gone, don't care. That has to be it. Because also, sorry to hear about the seizures, by the way, mate. I'm glad you're better. I, I'm really glad you're better. That's terrifying. And also, it, like, it, literal insults to injury is cheating on you when you're laid up in the hospital bed. That is staggering. I'm blown away. Uh, I'm so, speaking of, the la- speaking of the best friend and the husband, the brutality of that. Okay, now we're moving on from one hospital story, okay, to one very much near hospital story. In this, in this series of roasts, by the way, I just need to remind you that we've received lots of entertaining ones but at the same time, contain behavior that like is unilaterally considered to be abuse. So I'm not I, like we can't play that. There are some very, very insane stories coming in. But you have to remember like that there are behaviors that don't deserve the platform because they are so toxic. Do you know what I mean? Funnily enough, have you ever noticed in breakups? It's always it's always the person that does the outrageous stuff that then like pleads to the other person. Says, oh, be reasonable. Oh, come on, Rachel. All I'm asking is for you to be reasonable. Dermot, you've just shown up to my place of work dressed as a Deliveroo driver with a pizza box filled with used contraceptives declaring at the top of your voice that you'd like me to explain why I think you're too intense. There's there's no way of doing this reasonably. Oh, oh, come on, Phoebe, please at least be reasonable about this. You've shown up to my niece's christening wearing a fake moustache and glasses holding a bishop's staff so people would mistake you for Father Mulcahy using incense as aftershave. You've completely lost your mind. Also, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to impersonate a parish priest. And by the way, we were like fifth in the queue of babies getting blessed, so about four little spuds legitimately got baptised by your determined and heartbroken mitts before we figured out it was you. you. There's nothing about being reasonable. Also, you cheated on me. So, like, you've done the bad thing. Oh, would you, would, would you not at least let us be a little bit civil, please? It's always the unreasonable person that asks you to be civil. So speaking of people being unreasonable, Let's just cut straight to the chase, if you'll allow also the pun. So my bad breakup story is that I was with a guy for a couple of years and he called around to my house to meet up or whatever and I just knew I was going to break up with him. So I went out to his car and we sat in the car for a couple of hours chatting and, you know, trying to resolve things or whatever, but I knew I wanted to break up with him. So that was that. And I got out of the car anyway after a couple of hours and I had to go around the front of the car to get to the gate of my driveway to get into my house and as I started walking around he started revving the car um, and I was like surely not like, <laughs> surely he's not going to run me down um, but no uh, he did well he didn't run me down but he revved so hard that I had to literally run to dodge the car and run through the driveway um, so yeah he full on tried to knock me over after breaking up with him so needless to say that was the confirmation that I needed that I had made the right choice Okay, like I know I'm not trying to make light of attempted moida or anything, okay? But sorry, him revving up and driving down the driveway with you sort of, you know, like Homer Simpson's arse in the intro intro to The Simpsons. You know, whenever they're going down the driveway and he's getting chased into the garage. That's like you running into your parents be like, help me, Ian's outside in the fucking Nissan Passat and he's trying to run me over because I'm giving him the boot. I thought I'd had bad breakups, but that is fucking insane. There's no, by the way, there's no coming back from that. There's no like, look, we were on holidays and we said that we'd be open to seeing other people. Like, I know we didn't formally discuss it, but we sort of half did. And I thought that you accept, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, 
You tried to run me over in your car, okay? You were also playing club to death when in the out of the out of the stereo when you were doing so. You've lost your fucking mind. Oh, would you not would you not understand that I do that because I love you so much? Do you know what I mean? Freaks. Okay, guys, look, as often is the case with these podcasts, I need you to know that I don't want to get, I don't want to lower this brow down to toilet humour. I don't want it to be the birds and the bees and the bums and the willies, okay? I want it to be more than that. But a little bit of willies. <laughs> Brilliant, like. like all, the, all the secondary school bullies listening to that going, I knew it. <laughs> Let's just hear, I want to hear your thoughts on this one, right? We're going to call this one, we don't even have a title for this. Let's just say we're midway through more than just the show when stuff's about to happen. Let's go. Hi, Mark. Um, Yeah, so I was going out with somebody for four years, hadn't moved in together or anything because there was a bit of an age gap. So went away for a weekend and everybody, absolutely everybody, my family, his family, all thought that oh, this is it now, he's going to propose in the middle of having sex. He told me that he didn't see things going any further for us and he basically brought me away to kind of break the bad news to me. And then, obviously, when he said it, I kind of stopped and I said, what? Said that he didn't see us going any further than we had gone. And I got up. And he asked, could he not finish off? Ah, like... So, couldn't wait to get home. Yeah. Okay. You can't break up with somebody when you've got a truncheon on you. Like, that is just unbelievable. Middle of the sex. I'm just trying to think about, like, did she say... No, but I have to do the moves, because I'm trying to think about how that would even, like... Oh, but... By the way... (laughs) Like completely deranged and the fact that he asks her can he finish so he's there sort of like is he like absentmindedly stroking himself in an effort to maintain an erection whilst delivering the fucking devastating news that they're not going to share a future together come on love I've gone to this effort like outrageous the fact that you're just like I was on him and he said it and what? That's the reaction. That is only that is the that is the totally reasonable and adequate reaction to somebody breaking up with you in the middle of the throes of passion. Good fucking god! Right, guys. In every podcast, uh, there's usually one voice note that I just particularly enjoy, and this next one I think is potentially is potentially the greatest voice note I've ever received in my life uh, because the delivery is so flawless. And the story is out of this world. Again, if you're going through hell right now, if you're going through a heartbreak, remind yourself that at least it hasn't ended like this, okay? And you will get through it. Right. Hook it to my veins. Over to you. So. (laughs) I couldn't tell anyone this story for like five years because I'm so embarrassed. Right. So I had this boyfriend. I'm so embarrassed just saying these words. How's the start again? It's okay. Go again. So, I was going out with this fella. He decided to text me, ma. Maybe I could get me, but no, I don't think she'll agree to be on a voice. No, no. Cancel that one. Um, 
He texted me ma and said he was only going out with me <laughs> to get the whore. No. By the way, I was sitting beside him while all this was going on. Oh. And bear in mind, my dad had just died. Um, oh, for f- like, was it a few months before or a month before? So, I mean, first of all, bad enough that <laughs> that you're with someone to get to their ma. Oh. His husband just died. <laughs> He really thought that he would be the man to, you know, help her move on. While, <laughs> like, what's what what's that saying they say? Like, would she jump into me grave? <laughs> it's definitely not the same. <laughs> so, if we can cut a long story short, this guy wanted to have sex with me, ma. Good stuff. There was a few more messages too just about um, some sexual things oh, and positions and stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. He wanted to do that to me, ma. And also it was no problem to him because it was only a message. Okay. There is honestly so much to unpack here. Firstly, if your mum had recipro- reciprocated, yes, the widow washer, as we'll call him, would have been up there like a rat of a drain pipe, okay? This is a new level. This is genuinely like we're through the looking glass now, people, okay? Somebody is texting someone's mum while sitting beside the person who has also recently lost her dad, saying that he would love to, as she said, do sexual things too. And the positions, don't be going into the positions. Do you know what I mean? You can't be meant, I feel like just dirty, to Irish people in general just shouldn't do dirty talk. Do you know what I mean? I just don't understand. We're not cut out for it. It's just so embarrassing. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to fuck you. <laughs> Would you, Kieran? Well, like, it's noon. We're both engaged. But there's some Kleenex on the counter. So lube up your hands with the hygiene fucking sauce. With the... No, the hygiene sauce brilliant. I just don't get the dirty talk thing. But I just don't know what would possess somebody to send a message like that to someone's mother. I mean... It's like he's allowed the internal diet monologue of a 14-year-old horny boy actually manifest in his adult actions. Do you know what I mean? You know when you're like 14 and you would literally shag a school book. You're so, you're so like all the hormones and puberty and all the rest. Um, oh, Mark, you didn't have pubes till you were 19. Relax, Graham, okay? Those days are over. What did your mum do? Like, what does anybody do in that situation? How do you even have a conversation afterwards with the individual going, hey, listen, so obviously I've asked you to come to the Costa here for a chat. So look, things have been going great. We've been seeing each other for the last six or seven months. You know, all of that's fine. But just you um, sending my mum a message saying you want to massage your milkers, that's just sort of not going to cut it with me. Do you know what I mean? I just, for me, with where I'm going, I just can't have you texting pictures of your phallus to my grieving mother is do you know that kind of way <laughs> well anyone that knows me knows the story anyway because it's like one of my party pieces let's cut straight to the chase hi mark so my ex right. uh we went out with each other for way too long nine ten years you know one of those kind of teenage things that loses the run of itself and next thing you know you're 25 but anyway we broke up he broke up with me uh really (laughs) harshly and badly but anyway after it all 
he sent my parents like this really formal email. Now this was like WhatsApp era. WhatsApp existed. This wasn't like a million years ago. And um, he sent them this really formal email, sent it to my mum, CC'd my dad, uh, explaining how, you know, he just had to go. He just had to spread his wings. He just had to discover himself in London, no doubt, you know. Surprise, surprise. And then he'd be back for me when he was ready to settle down. Needless to say, he didn't come back. Thank fucking God. <laughs> okay, first and foremost, let's call this out what is. Did you just throw shade at me about me going to London to spread my wings and then coming home with an alcohol problem semi-depressed? Because if so, you're goddamn right. Nevertheless, uh, the email to the parents is hilarious. Like, I love that just misguided sense of authority and exerting a bit of gentleman-like behavior. You're a fucking spoofer, excuse my language. A decade, a, a decade nearly together. You deserve more than that. Um, I love when somebody does something where they think they're taking the real high ground, but in fact, they're just revealing themselves to be a complete idiot. His loss, your gain. Let's find love elsewhere. So now, this next one, okay, is uh, completely perverted. As discussed already, we're trying to keep this stuff highbrow, but at the end of the day, I am, you know, I am the sculptor and this is the marble that I've been given. <laughs> what a pretentious way of talking about listening to voice notes. Nevertheless, let's go. This one's called Snapchat Crack. Let's listen to it. So my story is that I went on a holiday okay. with my now ex-boyfriend and a few nights into the holiday, absolutely wrecked from drinking, decided that I head home early, back to the hotel and leave him off out with the lads and the rest of the girls. So I did, I headed on my way and everything was fine. Came home a week later from the holiday and was broken up with over Snapchat and I rang him for an explanation and there was none only that he needed to think about a few things and make sure things and needed space and time to do that so i gave it to him all three weeks of space and time with no contact whatsoever and found out after three weeks went by that he had a girlfriend his sister who was one of my best friends rang me and told me he had a girlfriend so far, this podcast is about as good an advertisement for men as the suffragettes movement. I love also when somebody in that scenario makes the excuse, yeah, but like, you went home. As if that's to warrant him taking, producing his penis out of his... Did I ever tell you the story about my 18th birthday, by the way? I had an 18th birthday and there was a guy from the year above us that came with his friends. And my dad rang me up the morning afterwards and he goes, uh, yeah, it was a good night. That's it. My dad doesn't speak like that. But he rings me, he's like, yeah, look, it was a great night. Um, but who was that fella walking around with his mickey in his pint? <laughs> this fucking dickhead was walking around with his penis in his pint. But I, I told that to somebody, right? Somebody in school. And their response was, he was walking around with his dick in his pint for the night. And he goes, the person goes, well, was it by accident? <laughs> accident? How would... Think about the sequence of events in order for that to be an accident. Like you go into the urinal for a pee, you take your really out. Yep, you finish your pee. You then just grab your pie glass. You don't, you don't zip up your pants. You don't put your really back in your boxers. You don't pull up your jeans. You just walk out. You hold your pint then lower than your waist inexplicably. You don't notice the sensation of your foreskin getting into the froth. Do you know what I mean? This is, how could that be an accident? Anyway. Okay, part two. There's a part two. We love, we love a part two right here. Me having two sisters told them this information straight away and they got their detective caps on and found her and just came to the conclusion that 
Yes, she did come from the holiday and yeah, never heard from him again after that, was blocked off every everything. But you say, yeah, she did come from the holiday. Like she's a, like she's a bar of Toblerone. Do you know what I mean? Like she's a novelty yardstick of dairy milk or she's a fucking bad henna tattoo above the bum or she's like a badly, probably problematic, by the way, hair braid delivered to you on the, like done on the beach. This is, uh, yep, that's it. She came from the, no, don't do the, you don't do the accent, Mark. Let's go, continue. Yeah, never heard from him again after that. Was blocked off every, everything. Could never get an answer off him. Still to this day, haven't got an answer off him as of why or how these things have happened. And yeah, he's going out with her now. And the story going around is that we went, he went on a holiday with this girlfriend and came home with a new girlfriend. This guy is just addicted to holidays. It has to stop. Like, you can't just go on holiday every time that you've got problems and you want to change your life. If that was the case, I would have spent my 20s moving from Dublin to London, then Dublin to London. Oh, wait. Good stuff. Yeah, this podcast is very quickly becoming Welcome Back to the Weekly Ghost. These dickheads, you you can't just leave. You don't, like, you, you owe it to another person to uh, end a relationship formally, I believe, always. So, hopefully now moving away from ghosting and back towards a little bit of roasting. Hi Mark, my breakup story from a very delightful young man was after six years together um, and three of those living together, I ended up in a clinic with an STD. Um, Still, to the day, denies cheating. Um, The STD was dormant for the six years. He picked it up prior to when we were together. Um, So, yeah, as you can imagine, did not end up on great terms. Okay, like this is just... An inane defence by him. It's not as if, you know, STIs are very, they're not like that contagious without doing it. It's not like those pools. Do you remember those little foot pools you had to walk through and if you went to swimming lessons as a kid? You'd have those perverts who'd wear the chlorine socks. They were always perverts. and Or otherwise, you have to walk, you know, to get access to the swimming pool, you have to walk through like a little miniature pool of chlorine water. I'd like go through it. I like a fucking spider. I put my like by all fours. I clamber through like I'm on Ultimate Ninja Warrior or something, just to avoid having to get the cold uh, chlorine sows in my feet. Anyway, he completely cheated, and he's a coward. And you deserve better. So good luck to him. And I hope you've stopped itching. Speaking of STIs, by the way, I think it's it would be remiss for me to not share this po- this voice note only because I. I was shocked when I heard it uh, at the stupidity of it as much as, you know, look, I'll let you be the judge. So I was on holidays with my ex and everything was good until the last day. I got woken up at like five o'clock in the morning to the bed moving because he was playing with himself while sexting these girls on Snapchat and swiping on Tinder. It was the worst. I grabbed his phone and I read everything that he was saying to these girls and what they were sending back. And he saved the photos that these girls were sending to him, which was disgusting. Oh. oh my God. Okay, so I just don't really understand how he could be lying in bed beside his girlfriend, uh, ferociously, by the sounds of things, going at himself. And then also Snapchatting, sexting people on Snapchat. Only, by the way, I, my theory is any adult with Snapchat is a red flag. And I know that that probably rules out the Snapchat sponsorship deal, but so what? Any adult who still uses Snapchat, there's a, there's something not right there. Do you know what I mean? And then for him to be furiously going at himself while sexting people on Snapchat and swiping on Tinder, what was he expecting to happen? 
I'm muy gatapo horny for a muy Irish boy lying in bed with his girlfriend. Like, he's, she's hardly going to call over and so... I don't know why I went for that. She's hardly going to do that. So what's the point? It's the futility of the endeavour as much as the dishonesty. That's what really annoys me. Uh, yeah, the wandering around the Costa del Sol whilst waiting for your flight that night with a, a, a douchebag who's cheating on you and done you incredibly dirty and the sheets by the sounds of things is just an injustice you don't deserve. In Life is too short to have people like that in your vicinity. I hope you got rid of them and I hope you've moved on. Now, this next one is going to be divisive, I think. I think people seem to have two uh, schools of thought on this. So please let me know what you think. Okay, so this is a few years ago. Um, my ex was staying in my house and... We woke up, he went down to the bathroom and his phone was beside me and a message came through from some random girl saying, good morning, you were in my dream last night. So when he came back up the stairs, I confronted him and he freaked out saying that it was my fault because I shouldn't be looking at his phone. And he literally got dressed and within 20 seconds he was out the door and never seen or heard from him ever again. So, and also when he was leaving, even asked my mum for a lift. So, yeah. <laughs> you can't ask the mum for a lift. That is completely preposterous. However, the whole privacy thing is an interesting debate. Like, what do you think? Is it, unf- is it, are you ever, or my theory would be you never, you should never go through somebody's phone. Like, you ask them directly, you call them out and you say, excuse me, I want to talk to you because you're spending a lot of time on your phone or X behavior has led me to think why and I need to have a chat with you. I don't think going through someone's phone is ever the answer personally. I know lots of people will disagree with me on that. So do let me know your thoughts. Um, He's a dog. And let's be brutally honest, anybody that says I had a dream about you, you don't send that to your chiropodist. Do you know what I mean? You don't send that to your accountant. You don't send that to the local cobbler. You don't send that to the woman who runs the sanatorium. You don't send that to Dr. Noel Brown because we're living in 1950 (laughs) dealing with sanatoriums and TB for my history buffs. Yeah, if you're sending someone messages saying you had a dream about them, usually it's perverted because it's also... it's not going to be the standard like, oh, I had a dream about you, but it was you, but it wasn't you. And then we were talking, but we were actually playing golf and we were also in a hot air balloon. It's going to be like, oh, I had a dream about you. What were you doing? Well, we were shagging on holidays and then we broke up halfway through. Do you know what I mean? That's the way. Well, let's continue on into this foray of filth. This is another moral dilemma, um, which I'm interested to hear. Well, it's less of a moral dilemma, but it is somewhat of a dilemma. It's, it's a little bit of a knee-jerk response, but I do, let's just say there's certainly a jerk involved in this story. Let's listen. So years ago, probably 20 something years ago when I was a teenager, um, going out with this guy, a bit of a bad boy, you know, um, and I was going out with my friend or my sister. So he said he was staying in at home and he wasn't doing anything, you know, um, bumped into his friends and they were like, oh, just after being so-and-so's house and he's got a load of girls there. And, you know, I was trying to be with one of them and I said, oh, all right, okay. I said, you know, it'd be hilarious. So, um, we had a threesome. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, we should have three of them. But that'll totally get back at them. So, um, one or two drinks later, next thing you know, I'm having a threesome with his two, two of his closest friends. And he didn't know. They never told him for ages. I broke up with him. And yeah, he was kind of like begging me to get back at him or whatever. And I, I literally didn't say anything to anyone, to him at all. And then the text went from, you know, text me, will you get back at me to, you know, you bitch, family, you did this, that kind of stuff. I mean, in terms of an eye for an eye, like, or a guy for a guy, as it were, in every story, we need a villain. And in today's show, I think we're going to have to give this person, well, 
I'll let you you tell me what you think, but I would believe that this guy is the villain only because it's the sickening levels of bullshit that he delivered. I would you'd prefer someone to be callous and to be cruel and to be harsh rather than this self-important delusional garbage. Take a listen. Okay, so my bad breakup story, the crux of it was that um I walked in him with another woman and had a bit of protection in sight, TMI, but I was like absolutely disgusted, obviously jumped him straight after. And then he was uh, labeling me like very controlling for um trying to control how he expressed his own body. <laughs> Unbelievable. So with the ridiculousness of it all, he sent me uh loads of WhatsApp messages. There was also a handwritten letter involved, Love there was an email. Um he told me that he would consider taking me back Brilliant. if I was able to manage my expectations around like how I could, you know, control him or like control him a bit less um, or just be less controlling generally. At the time, he also um, asked me if I could consider being um, less strong willed or did I consider myself being too strong willed and too like uncompromising. Uncom- <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing now because it's so fucking outrageous. But... Here I go. I'm going to read out some of the notes. This is from the letter and I think I sent you some of this. So what I choose to do with other people is my choice. Any attempts to place rules around my choice of actions around other people in my mind is control. Uh, and I'm raising my voice slightly because he elected to use all caps for control. Um, and then he has my name should not be the one who decides how I express myself with other women, especially when she is not around at the time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Right, especially when she is not around at the time. Okay, moving on to WhatsApp um, text, and I've just picked out a couple of my favourites. Quote, I am sorry for everything you feel duped about. My preference for unprotected sex... <laughs> my preference for unprotected sex is all I was inauthentic about. Everything else was honest and completely open. End quote. Um, and then on to my personal favourite. You were talking about long-term commitment and losing me with... Sorry, loving me, Freudian slip. Loving me with all your heart on the 31st. 24 hours later and you ended it, dot, dot, dot. Over fucking two women. <laughs> Over fucking two women. Um, yeah, terrible of me. My God. Okay, first and foremost, my personal preference for unprotected sex. Oh, oh, brilliant. What a unique character trait. Uh, yeah, I've got this weird thing where I like a million dollars. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I like sitting in jacuzzis when the weather's warm. Your personal preference. You're, you're not stating anything unique. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about you guys. But I actually like a little bit of Graham Norton. Oh, brilliant. What a fucking observation. Do you know what I mean, Jenny? Oh, yeah, I actually like a bit of Adele. Do you, Elaine? What, a, what an extraordinarily novel aspect of your character. All right? Like, my personal preference for unprotected sex is the levels that is phenomenal you've cheated you've cheated like that it doesn't get any better I actually don't have any comment that is just perfect that is and she has done it such an unbelievable you've done it better than I ever could my hat is off to you and I hope you never have to deal with that rodent by the I guarantee you he has a goatee I bet you he has a goatee and you know what I bet you he's one of those guys that you see in continental parks like in Berlin or something doing that weird perverted thing between trees you know like the sort of tightrope thing yeah is that what it's called slap pervert line they are complete crusties so there you have it guys 
In the early days of a breakup, there are good days, there are bad days. But hopefully, as a result of these stories, there won't be many bored days. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you to every single person who has taken the time to rate the show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on the Go Loud app, wherever it is that you're listening to the show uh, and leave a little review. It would mean a huge amount to me. So thank you so much. Thank you so much to everybody who's messaging me on Instagram at Megan Mark about the show. I really appreciate it. If you want to get involved, send me a DM. Let me know what you want to be roasted. Send me a voice note. All your identities will be preserved, anonymous, if that's the way you wish or not, if the case may be. Mind yourselves. Have a good week. See you next Wednesday.